Welcome to the Open Door Policy Podcast. In each episode, we speak with all types of joyful missionary disciples who are unleashing the gospel in different and exciting ways. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our podcast with your family and with your friends. And today we sit down with Shannon Ochoa and Anna Carter, who are part of Eden Invitation. Shannon and Anna, it's great to have you on. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Danielle. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Danielle, uh, normally we start sharing a, a little grace in our life. Yeah. And uh, can I go first? Yeah, please. I had uh, a couple of really good friends get married this past hey. weekend. And that was like just a blast to be at their wedding, to share the joy with them. And uh, one of them was Chaldean. So it had this very like, oh, I think I know like, who's joyful was. Chaldean yeah. vibe that didn't start until like 10 p.m. at night. <laughs> so it was a really different kind of wedding reception and party. Uh, but it was it was a great joy in my life. What's going on in your life? You know what? Um, mine, I was thinking about this on my drive here. It, and mine isn't like it's not going to seem spiritual, but I was like, but this is still a fun grace is I had a friend who needed to, he needs to go to a special event. So he asked me if I would go suit shopping with him just because like, he was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. And you seem to know a lot about this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I love shopping. So I went suit shopping with this guy and it was just really fun and beautiful to like share. It's not like intensely spiritual, but I feel like that's, that's accompaniment, like just sharing yeah. life with someone and being like, you know, they're in a happy way when they need you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sharon, let's uh, yeah. jump in and uh, do our rapid fire questions. Anna and Shannon, are you ready? Indeed. All ready right. To go. Anna, I'm going to take the first five with you. First one. What is your superpower? Stop time. All right. <laughs> what do you remember about church as a kid? Being told to behave. Good. What was the last live performance you saw? Uh, Hanson with a string orchestra. Mm-bop. Which scent elicits an instant memory? Pine. Okay. Would you rather it was 100 degrees and humid or negative 10? I'm from Minnesota, so I guess negative 10. Okay. <laughs> All right, Shannon, your turn here. What are Great. you What are you praying for these days? Uh, constantly humility. <laughs> What's the first concert you went to? Backstreet Boys. I think it was either their Black and Blue or Millennium. What's, <laughs> What's the most beautiful church that you've ever visited? I love the Basilica uh, of St. Francis of Assisi, mm. uh, obviously in Assisi. <laughs> what uh, what item of clothing would someone be surprised to find in your closet? Something floral. <laughs> I wear a lot of black. <laughs> and finally, Shannon, what class could you teach? Uh, something social work on like human dignity, uh, something along those lines and empathy. There all along, all along that front. Very cool. All right. Perfect. Thanks. That's Thanks, it. Ladies. That's all ten. How do you want to do this? Do you want to go back and ask Anna or I ask? Well, we'll just, We're just we'll gonna just open, yeah. open. Okay, pine. <laughs> talk to me about this pine. What, what scent are you remembering off of this? You know, it's just really evocative, particularly like in a desert pine, especially like there's something about being in like the high desert, um, and there's kind of like this dirt. You can kind of smell the dirt. It's mm -hmm. dry. 
but it's a really there's a really rich pine smell especially from like bristlecone pines and so i just have so it's it's a good pine it's an outdoor pine, not like oh. overly used, like pine saw floor cleaner. Oh, okay. No. Your kitchen always smells so fresh and clean. So this is like going into the wilderness with the pine trees that have been growing since, you know, Jesus was yep. walking the earth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Across All right. the, you know, across the globe. They like Those saw dinosaurs. Yeah. Sh- uh, yeah. Shannon, what, what brings to memory, like what scent brings a memory for you? Uh, my grandpa's pipe tobacco. It was oh. a really big thing as a kid, right? It sounds like the parent trap when she quotes that. Peppermint and pipe tobacco. Uh, but <laughs> he would take the, the pipe tobacco and he would like draw on our faces and stuff. And it was just a really <laughs> fun memory. So I actually now will smoke the same uh, pipe tobacco sometimes when I'm feeling nostalgic. So A little sun. The, those are awesome yes. memories of, yeah. of grandparents like that. Yeah. And um, I... So you've been to the Basilica of St. Francis of Assisi. Assisi is hands down one of my favorite places in the world too. So what's your, uh, what was your last time there and, and what was your experience? Yeah. So I was there, gosh, in I think 2016 uh, on a pilgrimage and I, St. Francis of Assisi, long story short, had a crazy impact on my life. When I was in college at a very public university, they taught a class on him and it, it just taught me that holiness is possible uh, from people who you may least expect it. Mm. And so then when I when I was there at the Basilica, I was just so moved by how his yes impacted my life uh, and just what kind of yeses the Lord would uh, bring forth going forward in is, my own. Is he like a special saint for you, like even now today, kind of a saint companion you have? Oh, 100%. He's my, my best saint friend, I would say, to say the least. <laughs> Anna, do you have a, a saint companion, saint buddy? Gosh, you know, I think some of my favorite saints have gotten, like, tacked on to Eden Invitation's patron. <laughs> Why not? Um, but um, I, I think the... the St. Catherine of Siena was my confirmation saint. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our first like blog went live on her feast day. So she kind of got grandfathered in for Eden Invitation too. But I really love uh, Teresa of Avila, mm-hmm. especially when yeah. you read her autobiography. She is just so sassy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, St. Catherine of Siena isn't. I mean, exactly a soft she's and not gentle. Very, like, yeah, she's not a wilting <laughs> yeah. flower. Also yeah. very true. Yeah. Well, get your booty back to Rome, please. Yeah. yeah I'm picking up a theme here. Uh, <laughs> Danielle, you got St. Francis on I your do. cell phone case. Here. I have got St. Francis on my cell phone case. He's my he's my patron saint. Well, he's my confirmation saint. So, yeah. yeah That's good awesome. Things. Well, he's my phone background, so I got hey. you. Ah! <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks, ladies, for doing uh, rapid fire questions. Wow. So Shannon and Anna, we're so like, we're so happy you're you're here, and we're we're talking about like what the Lord's been doing in your life. It's it's rare that we have two guests at once, so I think uh, uh, you yeah. know D- Danielle will talk to Anna, and I'll talk to Shannon for this. But Anna, yeah. do you want to kind of start us off about like like how the Lord has worked in your life, either at the beginning or or more recently? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so you know, I've grown, I grew up in a Catholic home, um, and had a conversion, so to speak, as much as you can like convert when you're 
13, you know, from <laughs> a pretty art, like already Catholic space. Um, but I really encountered Christ at a young age and, um, just with my personality, I, I was a pretty tenacious youth group kid, uh, in, in high school and, yeah, just was really trying to pursue the faith from a pretty young age. Um, but I think as with so many of us, there's just such a, a gradual maturing process. I ended up in ministry also at a pretty young age, like right out of college. I graduated at 21 and like kind of jumped right into into ministry work. And so, you know, I think a lot of my own story um has been the Lord revealing all of me. Uh, just a few years ago, I had an experience where uh, the ministry job that I had, I, I ended up having to quit kind of unexpectedly. And I mm -hmm. felt very uh, adrift. Um, and I just kind of had this reality check. I actually spent a few weeks and I drove around the United States and like camped in national parks and visited friends and, um, and I think it was just this beautiful experience for me uh, of really needing to like reconcile with the fact that I'm God's daughter, not his mm -hmm. employee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've had similar summers. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny, it was kind of out of that space that uh, Eden Invitation kind of came to be. And I know we'll talk more about that later. But um, I think for me, that's also a way that God continues to speak is in the wilderness times. Um, I just was blessed to be able to kind of have a, a mini sabbatical this fall, still keeping things on track with our apostolate, uh, but also trying to get in some writing projects. I got in a lot of hiking uh, out in the American West and uh, some camping and just some really good time in solitude in those desert places. And that's just a way that God continues to speak to me uh, just in the midst of that natural beauty. I feel like maybe something that we should say is whereabouts are you guys? Because uh, you're actually not Detroit guests. No, nor, as I'm sad to say, am I an American West guest. I would like to live up by the mountains, <laughs> uh, but we are headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is also a good city, so it has its own merits. Milwaukee. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. Home of Laverne and Shirley, I think. I don't know. The, yes. hit, the hit 80s TV show. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's awesome. Okay, so um, you're still in active ministry now, or is that something that... Uh, you're not doing right now? Yeah, so uh, myself and Shannon are both full-time with Eden Invitation. Perfect. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And what was one of the most beautiful things that God said to you while you were out hiking? Oh, gosh, which time? Um, <laughs> no, I... <laughs> um, I think, you know, he just, just speaks... Um, uh, just in, in that time of wonder, I think in a lot of ways, just the, the recognition of, uh, just like his goodness and his glory. And that in the midst of something just so just radically beautiful, um, like he's made that for me, <laughs> he's made that for us, um, for us to delight in him and for us to know his goodness uh, to know his steadfastness in, in the mountains, you know, for us to know like his, his grandeur, like in the valleys, uh, just to know that he has got. Yeah. You know, I think of, uh, sorry to jump in here, Daniel, but okay, I, you know, I think of like just reading the book of Exodus where mm. God calls his people out into the wilderness and to kind of 
you know, the into nature, into like away from civilization. And it's a time of like great intimacy with the Lord for his people, right? Where, where he can speak to them in a way where there's just not all the distractions. And I, I know some people can like use nature as a way to say like, well, I don't need to go to church. I, you know, my church is, is the, the cathedral of the oaks or, or mm-hmm. the pines or whatever, uh, you know, Zion national park. But there is something, there's something wrong about that, but there is a, a very deep and profound way the Lord can speak to us when we put away distractions and kind of go out into the wilderness and, and, and we're just kind of more, more ready to hear his voice at times. I, I feel that way too, Anna. So yeah. that's a, it, it's just cool to hear how the Lord worked in your life in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Shannon, what, uh, you know, to tell us a little bit about your journey to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, if there's one word to sum it up and I'll obviously expand on it, Uh, It's the understanding of goodness, (laughs) inherent Mm. goodness. Um, I think as a child, I identified a lot with Matilda. Matilda is the story of a little girl with wondrous intelligence who is very different from the rest of her family. Um, I like loved her story and I honestly looked kind of like her. This is the cutest. <laughs> right? And yeah. my parents would jokingly move around milk cartons as if I were magic oh my like her. Gosh. <laughs> it's so um, and I had wonderful parents, but I think a lot of her story was this quest to like know her goodness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just to, uh, amidst some, some adversity. Uh, and so I think for me, you know, I grew up in a Catholic family, um, but just primarily receiving the sacraments, but really fell in love with my faith uh, when I was younger, went into my youth group. Um, and, you know, for me, part of my experience related to Eden Invitation, I uh, just realized I was attracted to women while I was younger. Um, and it was during a time when it was really heavily politicized, mm. um, you know, conversations around legalization of same-sex marriage were coming out. Um, and, and the intensity with which it was talked about, I really began to question my own inherent goodness uh, and really, really wrestled with that. Um, and so honestly, for me, uh, I wanted to hide that in shame and anything that that seemed to, uh, you know, point out what was felt to be like a flaw or something. I, I just wanted to hide it. You know, I wanted to be as perfect as I could be. Um, and I just really carried that with me for, for a lot of years. I carried that into college. Uh, I went to a large state school um, where uh, I just got swept up in the party scene as, as part of it, of trying to like hide those seemingly imperfect elements of my life. <laughs> um, and I just grew really restless and weary. Um, thanks be to God, I had really good missionaries uh, who spoke the Lord's goodness over me, uh, but encountered it most, I think. Uh, you know, I reached a point of restlessness. I was like asking questions about the faith. The church wasn't talking a lot about same-sex desires necessarily, um, especially on the context of a public university. I like took on a gender woman's studies minor, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just grew really, really weary and restless trying to find answers everywhere. Uh, I just went before the blessed sacrament one day and the Lord just spoke so profoundly over me that I was good. Um, that I was good and that I had a place in his church. Um, and so I think, you know, every day it's ongoing, always surrendering that, uh, allowing the Lord to speak his goodness over me. And it's just funny too, because honestly, it's like the transcendental that I would say I like 
see the most in others. It just like comes so naturally. Yes. Like I can just see the Lord's goodness. I can see his goodness in others. I can see it in the world around me. Uh, And the Lord, I think in my current journey is he's like always unpacking how I see that in myself. Um, And so that's kind of the way that the Lord has moved in my life and he's ever unfolding (laughs) that story. Is that still a place where you encounter the Lord uh, in the Blessed Sacrament in times of adoration? Yes. Yeah. And I wish I had more access to it. (laughs) We don't have many perpetual adoration chapels in Milwaukee. So, you know, where they have a lot of perpetual adoration chapels, Detroit, Detroit. just just saying, Shannon, you guys are always welcome, but thank you for sharing that part of your story too. Um, and I guess like to tag on, to tag on the message, I'm so glad you're part of our church. I'm so glad that you're sharing your story with us. I mean, I, I just get goosebumps hearing you know, you guys share. So thank you so much. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about your apostolate. What, what does your apostolate do? Who is the community that you're serving? Tell me everything. What's it called? What's it called? Yeah. How, How do we find it on social media? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's Eden Invitation. Uh, you can find it at EdenInvitation.com. Uh, but we are a movement for young adults, Christians, Catholic, experiencing same-sex desires and gender discordance, uh, seeking to live a life of discipleship in pursuit of Christ and his church. Uh, and so kind of what we do is we offer uh, a space where we can receive the whole person, grow systems of mutual support, and empower people for mature Christian discipleship. How we practically do that uh, is we kind of, so each person who reaches out to us, uh, we take a call. We do an intake call, uh, just knowing the need for interpersonal connection, Hmm. Uh, especially within this particular area of your life. It's oftentimes either very hidden or, you know, when when we talk about it in the church, sometimes it feels like uh, you wonder if anyone can see you sitting there in the pew. Hmm. Uh, So we always offer that first. We offer opportunities for community through our online book clubs uh, and through our retreats. Uh, We did a backpacking trip this summer. Uh, and even to local communities, little local hubs where people can be empowered uh, in their proximate community. Uh, and then we also, too, just want to empower people to get to know their gifts and the ways in which they can be called to serve the church, uh, the ways that they can grow as disciples through prayer. Um, so it's kind of a little bit of like the gist of, of what we do, rapid fire. But. Tell, tell us about the name, how the name come about. Uh, a brainstorming session, um, but no, we think it it kind of encapsulates um, our posture and uh, our position. You could say, um, I think position in the Eden element of it. We're really inspired by the work of Saint John Paul II, uh, his his personalism, uh, men and women he created them, love and responsibility as well as he's kind of taking the long view anthropologically about different sexual uh, questions, you know. Um, and so really trying to invite people back to the beginning, this original sense of what it means to be a person. Um, and we've actually had some people that have been wrestling with their gender that have reached out to us as well mm-hmm. for that very reason. You know, they've said, you're not just leading with same-sex attraction. You have this whole person perspective. And I, I think I could maybe find a place here. So that's been really beautiful. Um, kind of anybody culturally defined, so to speak, as LGBT, um, he- kind of all over that spectrum sure. is a part of Eden Invitation. And then um, 
posture wise, uh, is the, the invitation, you know, Shannon kind of alluded to this, but especially in our culture today, you know, things can so easily come across as polarized, um, whether that's in the church or in our politics. Um, and so we really want to be just in a position of receptivity, um, but also kind of standing firm in who we are too, you know, and saying, okay, this is, this is what the church has to offer. We think it's good, true, and beautiful. We're not going to force you into anything. Uh, come and see. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, another question is great mission statement, great vision. But I know that when you're working on these things and with your missions, it's like, frankly, often like uh, quite the journey, right? So like you didn't wake <laughs> up and we're like, hey, let's get together. Let's do this full time. Let's do it this way, this way, this way. What was kind of the process? Um, I mean, and I know it's like a daily process, but like what were kind of the the, the things that got you where you are today? I think the, the first thing was uh, we both ha- had like separate individual stirrings. You know, I think for I, I kind of started it, I guess. I catalyzed the conversation. Um, but so just in my background in ministry, you know, I, I had taught high school morality <laughs> at a Catholic high school. And you have yeah. to have the sexual morality unit. And you, you teach lessons on this, you know. And I think for me, it was challenging, I think, for a couple of reasons. I think, one, there was this fear that I was going to be found out. Hmm. You know, I think... We just we live in a climate where it, it is kind of complicated to be open about experiencing same sex attraction in our church, mm-hmm. you know, um, for a lot of reasons. And we can go into that later if you want. Um, yeah. And so I was kind of afraid, like, are, if, if people knew this, could I chaperone a field trip? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are people going to think? And uh, but I think there was more than that. There was a desire um, to for I think for young people to know that this life is possible, um, that this teaching isn't crazy. <laughs> uh, the church isn't being a jerk, you know, that um, that people are actually doing this. And, and young people, too. You know, I mean, I think there's a, a number of testimonies that are out there that you can find. And they're really beautiful and they're really powerful. Um, but they're also from a particular age of person from out of sure. a particular cultural space. And so I think, you know, what, what maybe some, some of the older testimonies experienced in the 1970s is not necessarily identical to what some young people are experiencing today. And so, um, the, there could be a disconnect. And so really wanting also to showcase or to kind of show like a young, younger stories, younger perspective. Um, and so that was kind of the first impetus was to just to kind of give testimony, right. To bear mm. witness. Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teach Paul the sixth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, Danielle and I like both know people who are either, you know, striving to live the church's teaching, but have same sex attraction, or maybe have like turned away from the church because the, they've adopted a, a way of living and a, a set of values, a culture that is um, that doesn't see the gospel and the call to chastity, the call to you know Christian morality uh, as good news. Um, and part of the podcast, you, you know, we call it Open Door Policy, mm-hmm. is to talk about things that, you know, to have an open door conversation about what, what needs to be talked about and what's going on in the church. So I'd love to hear, like, from from you guys, from Shannon and Anna, what uh, how people receive this. Like, when they reach out to you or when you give a talk, like, 
Is it received often as good news? Are there a lot of questions? Do you get people who kind of see you as the enemy of, you know, of freedom, of living, you know, quote unquote, true to oneself? Just wondering what, what your experience of reactions has been to to your presenting John Paul II's theology of the body in this kind of uh, in this way to people who who experience these uh, these attractions. I think it's definitely a mix. You know, I, I think you have people there that are just saying, like, thank God, <laughs> like, mm. praise God that yeah. you're sharing this. Um, and, you know, we, we've been waiting to, to hear from somebody who experiences this. You know, um, there's definitely people who are like, ah, that's good for you. I'm glad it's working out for you, but I don't know about me or I don't know about my friend or I don't know about this family member. But I think one of the things we also try to do, yes, we, we kind of give this, you know, give the teaching and, um, and all that. But I think we also really try to be honest about the pain points. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that's been one of the issues, but, but one of the problems I think in some ways is, um, it's, it, I was going to say it's not a bed of roses, but maybe it is a bed of roses, you know, it, it's, the, it's the, the buds and the thorns, you know, and so to be honest about some of those pain points, I think, um, it, you know, in our talks or in our presentations or in our formation, because I think it's when we're honestly talking about yeah. what, what are those struggles, what are those challenges um, that I think can help people to better live it out in their lives, you know, better integrate the teachings in, in a, in a healthy, holy way. Yeah. Um, but I think it can also open up avenues of dialogue for people that are on the fence or people who are walking away and they're saying, Oh, at least, okay. You, you see this. You, it's not, you see it's this not being whitewashed, right? Or it's not being mm -hmm. kind of, kind of hidden. Um, right. Father Steve and I were talking, uh, Archbishop Vineron wrote a pastoral note to our brothers and sisters who experience same-sex attraction. And one of the things that he exhorts us as the community of faithful is um, to support each other, right? And also to serve each other. And I was wondering, in, in your experience, like, I mean, not to throw anyone under the bus, but like, what have you found, like, like your community, like your church community, your family community, your friends, like, what have you found has been supportive to your faith um maybe what has been like a swing in the and a miss but like not to throw anyone under the bus but like where where do you see faithful people like you know just imagine someone like me right like what does support look like what does love look like in these situations yeah I, you know i think one that's a beautiful question <laughs> i just like incredibly attentive to um i don't know i think a couple words came to mind as you were speaking i think uh, I'll give kind of like the swing and the miss and how we can actually like uh, move forward. Mm -hmm. I think one of the words is like the word fear, mm -hmm. I think, came to mind. I think oftentimes uh, we're afraid to be like we don't, uh, whether our brothers and sisters experience same-sex desires, gender discordant, sometimes we're afraid to like ask where they need support or to like mm -hmm. ask uh, to dialogue even. Um and, and we get afraid to touch the topic altogether. Uh, we don't we don't really discuss it much uh, in in community settings, whatever that may look like. Um, and I think in some ways that's a miss, right? In the sense that uh, it's a missed opportunity to know what people need uh, for people to actually dialogue a little bit more about them about it themselves as well, if it is their own experience. Um, 
And so I think, yeah, again, that sense of fear. And so to be able to, uh, you know, if someone shares this with you as part of their own story, to be unafraid, to ask them, how's that going in your life? If it's somebody who's like uh, striving to pursue the faith and the church's teachings, to be unafraid. They brought that up for a reason, you know? Um, How can I support you? Like, what are some of the challenges to your discipleship right now? And that might not even be this topic. Um, Right, sure. uh, And to be open to that. Yeah. Um, and then I think too, uh, you know, just additionally to be able to, um, yeah, I think as well, be attentive to, uh, I think being creative with the gospel and with people with this experience. And what I mean by that is, um, one, we, when we do like a lot of like outreach events and stuff, um, or even as community as church, uh, I think we can do community a little bit like more radically in some ways, Um, you know, oftentimes when we have, uh, events for young adults, uh, I think sometimes people get a little afraid, uh, they become somewhat of like meat markets (laughs) and somebody with this experience, you know, might be a little bit more nervous to enter into that setting. Um, you know, and, and just to be attentive to like, what are some of the events we're offering as church and how are they reaching more than, than like just the average Joe, I don't know. I don't know. Right. You know, um, and so to be creative with that, creative to inviting people into our homes uh, and and to to trust in the creativity of God as well and how he wants to use his children in the church. Uh, again, people with this experience. Um, you know. do, do either of you have any signs of hope that you've seen, like things that have not been a swing and a miss or, or ways things have changed or experiences you've had with uh, in the church, uh, people who have, who have gotten it right or have shown that kind of compassion? Yeah, I think one of the things that, that strikes me is the, um, the movement in general towards community, um, I think is really important. And it hasn't necessarily made the trains. I think we all need it <laughs> right? for sure. But I think especially for people who are experiencing um, same-sex desires, especially if it's exclusive and predominant, and, you know, the single life, it may well be like single in the world, that's going to be their life. Um, I think the emphasis, the growing emphasis that we've had in the church on interpersonal community, on being honest and authentic in those places of community. Um, I think I'm using a lot of buzzwords here, but <laughs> they're buzzwords for a reason because I think they're starting to happen. Um, I think that is really, really essential. Um for our pastoral response, if we want people to be in the church with this experience, it's like, hey, we're all here. You know, there's multi layers of support here. So I think that movement as a whole in the church uh, is really hopeful. Um, and um, I- I'm also inspired too by there's just a few different dioceses that are really making efforts around these the gender questions, um, trying to really get out ahead of how that's happening on culture. That's not exactly everything that we do at Eden Invitation, um, but there's a few different dioceses I've seen that have done a lot of like conferences that are trying to really bring in like multidisciplinary experts to say, hey. This is starting to percolate in our culture. How can we get out ahead of it? Yeah. Right. Because I feel like so often we're playing catch up. Like um, a lot of right. things. But I think that's a sign of hope too, is saying, hey, how, how can we be proactive here? Um, thank you. Guys, you know, just um as we wrap up, I I wanna say that how much I appreciate you and appreciate you guys being here. I I can only imagine the struggle. Um, like I think about in my life, I um 
like there's kind of like the outside culture and then the inside church culture and even though like secular culture thinks I'm crazy like I still am fortunate enough to have like like you know the church being like but you seem cool to me right and like I can't imagine how hard it would be to carry both right like like you mentioned that fear of being found out and then um and what that means on a lot of levels so um again thank you for being in our church thank you for being brave usually as we close we ask our our guests if they would um if they have a word or a prayer for our listeners so for the folks who are listening today oh sorry before you do that can you just say your website or your contact information one more time Yes, uh, www.edeninvitation.com. Perfect. And you can find that, again, Eden Invitation on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's great. <laughs> you know what, just uh, before steer you... Steer clear of Twitter. <laughs> and just one last little comment, you know, uh, Unleash the Gospel is at the heart of everything we're doing here in Detroit. And I know one, one thing that stands out to me as I think about this is how the Archbishop calls us here to have, you know, the work of mission in the church involves everyone. And he says there are no bystanders. And so it's great to hear from you who, you know, who who have this particular aspect of your life, these inclinations and and desires, and and knowing that you're called not just to be kind of a, a passive member of the church, but the Lord has called you to share the gospel with people that you meet, with people who who you've come to know and with, with those that you seek out. So I think you guys are uh, just a, a beautiful witness of living that that call to not be bystanders in the church, but to be part of sharing the gospel with those uh, with everyone you meet. So thank you for that. Oh, thank, thank you. you. And as Danielle was saying, we, we give our guests the last word here. So any, any final word you want to share with our listeners? Yeah. <laughs> so many words. This is so fast, you guys. I know. Um, gosh, no. You know, I, I think just the recognition. Um, I think just the, the the recognition that this topic is not just outside the walls of the church. Mm. You know, um, but that we're here. <laughs> yeah, we are here. As, as with as with everything, right? I mean, I think we're, we're we all experience an ache for the infinite that gets twisted in, in a variety of different ways. Yeah. You know, that that's all of us. Um, and I think to just to recognize that, um, yeah, that that people with this particular experience are we're here. We're in the church. Um, this isn't just an out there issue. Um, and uh, just to keep us in your prayers, you know, especially um, in, in a really challenging culture in, in a variety of ways. Um, just to keep us in, in your prayers and, and just know, too, that um, we're here at Eden Invitation, too. We're, we're praying um, for we're praying for the church. Um, we're praying for um, people with this experience. And we pray for all of them. So if you're listening to this and you have a family member, you have a friend, and, and, and just the way that they're living their life is breaking your heart, just know that we are praying for them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brave women. Thank you. It was so great having Anna and Shannon with us and to hear how they are integrating their experiences and their desires and attractions into the truth of how God has revealed for us to be happy, the truth of his moral law, and the beauty of John Paul II's theology of the body. Praise God for their beautiful witness and for you, our listeners, for hanging out with us. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, 
Please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. He is just so sassy. I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy.